Buildings have evolved, so let's give them the attention they deserve. This is 10 Minutes to a Better Building, a podcast from the building experts at Boland. We're a building solutions provider with more than 350 professionals and 150 technicians with one goal in mind, to make your building better. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 10 Minutes to a Better Building, a podcast from the building experts at Boland. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We are thrilled to have you along. Today, we are talking about energy usage intensity, a word that's difficult for me to say, energy usage intensity. We're going to be diving into that topic today with Joffrey Gilg. He is an energy engineer at Boland. Joffrey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. It's good to be here. It's great to have you on today, Joffrey. And so let's start off with just an introduction to the topic for people who might not necessarily be familiar with energy usage intensity. Tell us a little bit more about that. Introduce that topic for us. All right. Energy use intensity is just a measure of how much energy a building uses in a year. It uh, adds in everything, uh, electricity, natural gas. If there's a gas line, if there's a fuel storage tank, that gets counted in. And it's all aggregated together and measured in units of thousands of BTUs per square foot per year. So it's it's normalized for the size of the building. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Joffrey, I think that's a that was a really important base layer for, for people to understand kind of what we're talking about here when we talk energy usage intensity here on the show today. So another thing that I think is important for people to know about as we have this conversation are the new building energy performance standards or BEPS, as they are called. Can you explain BEPS for us and tell us a little bit more about what we need to know? Sure. They're a performance standard that says you must meet a certain minimum energy star score or maximum uh, building energy intensity. The District of Columbia has, has this in effect right now. Montgomery County is putting it into effect starting in 2024. Basically, it says that you've got to uh, meet a certain standard, an energy star score of 50 is typical. And if you don't, there are certain pathways to remediation that you can take over the following four years to get in compliance. And, and if you don't, then there are penalties involved. So this is highly motivating to a lot of property owners. That's that's really interesting. We're going to talk a little bit more about how to approach maybe that topic and, and kind of what you just mentioned sure. uh, in, in here in a second. And so it, it's my understanding that there are three levels of intensity. Can you explain those levels for us and kind of break that down? Well, levels of, of, of improvements you can make. Uh, yes. The first is yes. simply to optimize the controls that you've already got on site. You know, the, your system doesn't have to run 24-7 unless you are a 24-7 facility. You can set back the, the thermostat temperature, you can reduce the airflow, you can shut down outside air dampers, things of that, things that, that are controlled with through mechanisms that are already available on site. You just have to program them. Level two, it's improving your facility a little bit, including installing more sensors to increase your control capability. For instance, I was at a location for a client who has uh, 20-year-old rooftop units that were set up with dry bulb temperature economizers. And that's great. It, it looks at the outside air temperature and says if it's if the outside air is cooler than the return air, just use outside air, open those dampers all the way, free cooling. The catch with that is that in certain shoulder conditions, the humidity in the air made it actually took more energy to cool than the return air. So simply installing a couple of humidity sensors to let them know when to open those dampers and when not to allowed a certain amount of energy savings. This also includes things like caulking windows or measures of that sort, more efficient light fixtures. Level three 
is when you start replacing equipment with more efficient stuff, uh, more efficient chiller, better boilers, variable fre frequency drives on your uh, HVAC equipment. Mm. And, and these are, of course, the, the more expensive items, but they're also where most of the energy saving is. However, you don't want to just jump into that at the, at the first because if you don't do the smaller scale stuff and do, and do it later, then you're going to end up with equipment that's oversized. Yeah, that, that's a good point, I, I suppose. And, and one of the things that, that I wanted to talk about a little bit later, but I think it might be a good idea just to discuss it here now, is that sometimes it's helpful for people to talk to an expert like yourself or, or like the experts at Bolin to understand a little bit more about the options that exist in smaller areas and not immediately jump to, okay, well, let's replace an entire system and let's go with wholesale changes. Maybe there are smaller incremental things that you can do kind of building up to that eventually, right? But but understanding maybe some of the smaller things that you can do is certainly something that an expert at Boland can suggest earlier on in that process. Certainly, certainly. And you, know, you also have to understand what you can do and also what you can't do. And a lot of that's going to be determined by the type of facility you have. Mm. Uh, for instance, if you're a hospital, you have very rigorous ventilation requirements. So something like demand control ventilation and cutting down the outside air is, is not an option, even though that might be a perfectly good strategy for an office building. Right. You have to understand what what is going on on the site and understand that energy is sort of a fourth tier priority. Yeah, let, let me jump in because this is something I found really interesting as you and I were talking before the podcast. You mentioned energy, you know, and energy efficiency being a fourth tier priority. And this was a, a really interesting concept to me that I'd never really thought through before. But but tell us what that means when you say fourth tier. What are the other three tiers and why is energy fourth? Well, first tier is occupant health and safety. That's obviously going to be the top priority. You don't want to do anything that hurts people or makes them sick. The second tier is the process requirements of the space. In a lot of things like offices, that's going to be the same as the requirements for people. In, in some manufacturing facilities, you're going to have certain strictures. If your process has to be really 140 degrees Fahrenheit or a, a cryonic temperature, then you're just going to have to accommodate that sort of extreme. Now, the third tier, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is occupant comfort. People have to be comfortable to do whatever they're supposed to be doing in the space that, that's being conditioned. And once you make sure that all of those conditions are met, then you can look about how is the most, what's the most energy efficient way to meet those other tiers? <laughs> because people don't really care how much energy you spend. You can spend as little or as much energy as long as they're comfortable. Yeah, that's that's a great point. So with, with each layer you go down, with each tier you go down, you can't maximize that if it means compromising on one of the previous three is kind of a, a way to think about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you can't, you know, the, the, you know, it might be the most energy efficient thing in the world to just not run any kind of air conditioning right. during the summer. You, you can do hundred percent energy savings by turning off all the utilities, but no one will like it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Then there's really no purpose or function for the building because no one's going to want to come and work there. And so I think that's exactly. a really interesting and, and a good way to put it. And so, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that, that consultative approach, but tell me a little bit more about what it's like to work with clients towards their goals as it relates to energy usage and the end usage intensity. Tell us a little bit more about what it's like and the process that you take to work with clients to, to help them meet and match those goals. 
Well, it's it's a definitely a collaborative process. You, you definitely have to understand what is going on in the space and the things that they need to do to accomplish their goals or whatever it is they're doing in that space. Mm. Yeah, it be, because it's it's like you mentioned earlier, you, you need to know the different needs of a hospital as compared to an office building, right? And, and so for right. someone like you, you you're going to understand those differences and how those requirements are going to be different. And that's an important thing to bring into those conversations. Right, right. You have to understand that there are certain restrictions on what you can and cannot do in certain kinds of spaces. Usually, the the the, occup- the space occupants of the clients will understand this, and they'll often have a better understanding than we do. But sometimes they don't, and and, and then that, that's where where our past experience is helpful. Exactly, that's where all your experience comes in handy, big time. So, Joffrey, as we wrap up this conversation today, it's been really fascinating. I'm, I've really enjoyed getting to learn a little bit more about this. Are there any final thoughts that you have? Anything you want to leave our listeners and viewers with here today, just on the topic of how to and, and ways to reduce your energy usage intensity? Well, I will say that it's it's it's, it's a very important thing to do, um, especially now that there are, are legal requirements and, and penalties in certain jurisdictions mm-hmm. based on the building energy performance standards. Yeah, and uh, it, it's 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 a moving target because energy the Energy Star scores change over time as buildings get get more efficient. So something that was got a fifty this year might get a forty five five years from now, and you have to keep moving forward with that. Well, and I suppose that that rating system that that judges a building based off of other like buildings. If other buildings around you are improving, you know that that are similar, then that means that you also have to improve on some way, right? Otherwise, yeah, you're going to end up falling down those rankings. Right. Yeah. It's, it's what Lewis Carroll called the Red Queen's race. You have to run as fast as possible just to stay where you are. <laughs> oh, man. I, I understand that analogy. Uh, very applicable <laughs> to my own life sometimes. But uh, but that's a that's a really good point. And I think a really good spot for us to, to wrap up today. So, Joffrey Gilg, energy engineer at Boland. Joffrey, thank you so much for joining us today for this conversation and sharing some more of your uh, your experience and your insights here on this topic. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of 10 Minutes to a Better Building, podcast from the experts at Boland. We appreciate it very much. Of course, for more of what you heard today, we've covered a lot of different topics. You heard Joffrey mention VFDs. We're going to be talking more about that as well on the podcast. So go check out some of the previous episodes of the podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes of the podcast as we will have many coming your way very shortly. But for this one, for Joffrey Gilg, I'm your host, Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you again soon.